This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. This episode is brought to you by Lifeway Foods, makers of America's best kefir and our favorite healthy and delicious dairy products. Blue wire. Let's fog this ship. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Hashtag love your guts. Audrey, how's it freaking going? How's it freaking going, man? Bad for me, but I mean... I've decided to uh, kind of adopt the Mark Shifley lifestyle now and just like not curse and just say frick. Yeah. Especially since yesterday, um, my mom texted us both talking about how she was listening to the podcast (laughs) from last week in which we did talk about masturbation. And um, so I've I've decided this is a clean, clean show from now on. Clean show. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I forgot we talked about that. All right. Anyway, welcome back to Puck Bunnies. It's a podcast about hockey. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And baby, we're still doing the playoffs. We're still doing the playoffs. We're, We're doing them quite quickly, I would say. It's nice. Yeah, I appreciate the thing I love about hockey is that when you go to the game, it's like two hours long maximum. That's a perfect amount of time. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get this done, like wrap this up in early October, I guess. Which is good because like we've got stuff to do. Yeah, I have a life to live. They were hoping that if it all went according to plan, I think they were going to try and uh, hand the Stanley Cup out like the first week of October or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like now, uh, now that we're in the second round, what did you say all the games are at? All the games are at 3-1. Are 3-1. <laughs> so potentially between tonight, which is Monday night, and tomorrow night, which is Tuesday night, the series, all the series may be over. Yeah. And like the way that all the teams are playing, I would not be surprised if that were the case. Yes, I think the nice way of saying this is that uh, all these series have had major momentum shifts, <laughs> but the the real way to talk about it is that some teams are playing like shit and some teams are not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so what I've noticed from each team just in all of these matches is that there's one team that is much, much deeper in this kind of playoff format 
that's all that's going to matter. Can you roll out, can you keep rolling out lines that will produce for you? Right. With the exception of the Islanders, but that's sort of like a whole, wholly different. That's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that later. But you can really see just the talent differential. And that's why I think that we have these like lopsided all 3-1 standings right now. Yeah, absolutely. It was a big weekend for sports in general. It was a momentous weekend for hockey after a few missteps. The league decided to postpone all the playoff games on Thursday and Friday of last week to stand in solidarity with other sports leagues. All of them. All the sports leagues to protest racial injustice. This is coming in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob Blake last week in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So this came after a couple of false starts. And after reading uh, some of the more behind-the-scenes articles just about how this happened, that sort of helps me understand it a lot more because hockey still went on when almost every other league turned off almost immediately. So they they played an entire slate of games before deciding the next on day Wednesday, yeah, to postpone it. From what I'm reading is that the players wanted to do it almost immediately. But I think that there was a lot of pushback between reading between the lines. It seemed like it, it had to be negotiated a little bit more than it did in other leagues, like the NBA basically doing a wildcat strike. I think one of the reasons that we decided to stand with the Hockey Diversity Alliance this weekend and we we weren't really producing, we weren't producing shows or anything like that because we both felt uncomfortable like during this weekend of uh, action on the part of different sports leagues putting money directly or indirectly into the pockets of the NHL just felt like the wrong thing to do. But we will link to a bunch of different resources on anti-racism and hockey in this episode description, um, which you should definitely check out. And if we had done an immediate response to last week, I think we just would have said a bunch of stuff that we've already said. Mm -hmm. Like the league is letting its black fans down, it's letting down its players of color, which none of that is new information. What is new information now is how poorly the league was equipped to handle this and how little support the players got when they decided to take action. It was embarrassing watching Mm -hmm. the NBA Players Association just make a fool out of the NHL Players Association. It it, It just made me incredibly upset because these guys have no protection. They don't want to lose their career for standing up for something that's right. And that is something that can happen with the Players Association as it stands. Wednesday afternoon, the NBA stopped playing. This is when all the other sports leagues kind of said that they were going to shut down for the weekend. The NHL continued, played three games as scheduled. And what they did do was they said that they were going to have a moment of reflection um, in honor of social justice activism. They were going to have a moment of silence. A moment of, not even a moment of silence, a moment of reflection. Yeah, you can scream if you want to. That's your prerogative. It's just a moment of reflection. <laughs> you can reflect on anything you want. Here is what bothered me the most about all of this, is how unfucking surprised I was by the way that they bungled it. I was surprised that they did anything. Me too. That And that the bar is on the floor. The bar is in hell. And like, it makes me wonder why I care about this stupid sport at all. But what made me realize is the actions of the players later on made me realize like why I, I really like this sport. So this moment, the moment of reflection, I think was about like 20 seconds. And uh, there were some choice graphics, I think. Putting up uh, end racism is not going to cut it anymore. We moved on. We want to be supportive. 
Um, so just like some bad choices were made. It was obviously very put together at the last minute. And it just was another indication of how poorly this league was prepared to meet the circumstances of the present day that we're in. It makes me wonder, do they just not have anyone? Do they not have one person? I think there's just no precedent. Like there's no institutional knowledge for how to deal with this kind of stuff. And the fact that for decades, the culture has been, we're going to ignore this. We don't want politics and sports. Hockey is about like team identity. It's not about individuality. It's, it's, you know, the love of the game and people come to watch hockey to escape the world and like that kind of thing. I just think that there's so many decades upon decades of no institutional knowledge and there's no culture built up to care about this kind of stuff. And something that has been interesting about read, I've been reading the players' responses to a lot of this stuff. And a lot of them are talking about how they've never experienced like systemic racism so that they have so much to learn. You're good. If you're, if you're in the world, if you're at the level that you are, you benefited from that. That's kind of what I wanted to touch on is that in the last couple of days, I think we've seen a lot of praise for the players, like in the Western Conference, the Canucks players who reached out to Ryan Reeves and said, hey, we want to do something. This doesn't feel right. Like, what do you think? And Kevin Shattenkirk reaching out uh, the same way from the Eastern Conference, just like which which players were most active in deciding that they wanted to really make this happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need to do that. For the white guys. No, only Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves only. And also just like any of the guys on the board of the HDA. Because that's they're doing the actual really, really hard work where they are trying to coordinate this activism from outside of the bubble. Right. It would be so much easier for Matt Dumba to organize the Western Conference canceling all their games if the Wild were still in the playoffs and he was still in Edmonton. Right. But he's not. And so you had instead all these guys trying to reach out and him like trying to do this is what organizing is. Right. Still think that like the heroes here are not the the white players who said, oh, hey, um, it turns out racism is bad. I know a black guy. I'm going to call Ryan Reeves and ask him what I should do. It just again shows how low the bar has fallen for people. Just the the minimum amount is always going to be over celebrated because people think it's going to be indicative of further action. And it usually isn't. And it's commendable. Like, I do think it's commendable because this is the first time still somehow that we're seeing steps like this being taken. And to a certain extent, if that's not recognized, it won't continue. We need positive reinforcement. Like you're training your golden retrievers. Yeah, we we cannot do accelerationism to the NHL. They would break under the pressure. I don't need 2,000 words on what Kevin Shattenkirk was experiencing in terms of white guilt before Mm -hmm. he decided to call Ryan Reeves and be like, what should I do? I just, I I think we're past that point. Right, and I have some thoughts about that too, because I think it is the posture of a lot of older white writers to write what they know. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they're going to do, is they're going to go to the white players. Yeah. Right, and it's comfortable. Like you said, 14,000 words on Kevin Shattenkirk's like psyche, which I do not care about former washington capital kevin shattenkirk that's the thing is that like these guys are they're doing good things Mm -hmm. and they're doing them they're starting to do them for the right reasons which like great good stuff want to see it more but this is this is still living inside your comfort zone right right because it's still putting the onus on the players of color to inform the actions of the other players in the league and what we really saw last week is that the league is not interested in dealing with this at all. 
for the lar- for a large part, the coaches are not interested in dealing with this at all. There's a lack of structural support for these players. And so when you're not even getting that, it makes it way harder for you to be like, okay, I'm a white guy from Ontario. I don't really know what's going on. I'm 12 years old and hockey is my life. Exactly. And that's what's so interesting to think about just the differences in respects that leagues have for players versus like the NBA versus the NHL. And that was gained through collective bargaining. Right. The NBA is the kind of league that you get whenever have collective bargaining. And the NHL is just a bunch of boys who just want to do good, but don't know how. And don't have the resources right. to do it. I mean, what I took away from this is it's just, it's so structurally broken. And also I just felt, I felt for Matt Dumba. I felt for the guys who were taking action, you know, three weeks, a month ago alone when he knelt for the, for the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be this huge moment and everything was going to be different and the league was finally going to take this seriously that didn't happen and it's not going to have it's not going to be one moment it's not going to be a series of moments it has to be a sea change on a higher level yeah it has to be constant and everyone has to be involved and there has to be financial pressure that's the real shit right there because they don't care unless it's hurting their bottom line and the bottom line of nhl is made up of like a bunch of white guys in ontario or the ontarios of the united states um, speaking of white guys, <laughs> would you like to talk about Islanders Flyers right now? Let's okay. check in with everybody. They're all the same, but they're all different as well. <laughs> Islanders Flyers, let's start there. Uh, uh, just a mystery, the black hole that is the uh, New York Islanders. I'm going to be so real with you. I have watched approximately 30 minutes of this series combined because I hate watching the Islanders play. And I read an article about their game style and it was basically like, it was a whole very long article and the end of it was basically just like, they're just good. That doesn't help me at all. They're just good because they are. Yeah, I've watched a fair amount of this series, but I think that's mostly because it's a really good series for me to have on in the background while I do like my real job. Right. But so over the past week, I've been like, okay, I need to refocus. I need to take the Islanders seriously. (laughs) We have fans from all over the place. I need to do them justice. Like, a lot of Islanders fans, for who knows what reason, listen to this show. Very vocal fans. And they're, and they're very upset Like every time we, <laughs> we say that the Islanders are boring. I think the Islanders are interesting, question mark, because they are not supposed to be good on paper. Yeah, you know, I was looking at this and, and seven of their top 10 forwards are over 30 years old. But it makes no sense for their, like, seven of their highest paid forwards to be over 30 years old. Their youngest is Pago, who's 27. That's so Lou Lamorello, too. Back to the Islanders. They're so boring. But they're boring, but they're boring with a purpose. I think that, like, after just paying a little bit more attention to the Barry Trot system and how well he did in D.C., moving to Long Island, where it's a bit more evened out. He's done a sneaky, incredible job of just being able to identify what players' strengths are Mm -hmm. and building a roster that is extremely consistent. And that's why it's boring, because there's no insane momentum shifts. 
okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I'm seeing whenever I watch an Islanders game is I'm seeing their man-to-man coverage being higher. They, they really go after the players both in their own offensive zone and in their defensive zone. Yes. And they stifle basketball. shots. And they're playing basketball. They're yeah. playing basketball. And so if you can stifle all those shots, that's going to mean that they're going to have a lot less chances. And so you can beat them up in the power play because they actually do have a really good power play of old men only. Love that for them. Everybody knows their role. And it's like you said, like their man-to-man coverage is so consistent. Everybody is like, okay, here's my job. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to play like 15 minutes. And then I'm going to get off the ice and I'm going to go have a beer. The other issue is the Flyers, they don't look good out there. The problem with the Flyers, I think, is very much rooted in their top six forwards. Like, stop scoring mid-Montreal series. And That's just valid. haven't gotten it back. Claude Giroux does not have a goal in the playoffs. Travis Konechny does not have a goal in the playoffs. Not a great showing. Um, not great for Sean Couturier. The, the numbers just aren't there. It's just been a manner of, like, they haven't been able to kind of game the Islanders in the right. same way that the Flyers are able to game other teams. Because their thing is being consistent and, and, like, not slowing down. When they're met with a team that has those same strengths, it's been really hard for them to do anything. And you think they're going to get eliminated? I think if they're going to get eliminated, it will not, it will be in game six. Okay. Boom. That's your pick. Locked. What about you? Oh, they're getting eliminated next game. For sure. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's done. Locked. As you know, I have been getting really into just what I put into my body, correct? Wow. It's almost like your brain and your body are connected and when one feels good, the other thing feels good too. And guess what's a big part of the brain-body connection? It's your gut health. I would like to tell you how I have been incorporating Lifeway Kefir into my diet. It's great for so many things. For myself, I've been making smoothie bowls with kefir. I just put a little bit of granola on it and maybe some fruit and I'm like good to go for the whole morning. What's your favorite flavor, Ben? I am a huge fan of the pomegranate. I like the strawberry a lot. Plus, I like that it comes in the little pink bottles. How have you been using Kefir lately? So, you know that I have been struggling without gym access the past, like, five months. So, I've been getting up really early so I can go running outside and stuff before it gets too hot. I was never really a pre-workout person, Mm -hmm. but the perfect post-workout option for me has been Kefir. Great for muscle recovery. It's great for protein. um, And that's really been helpful for me. If you want to learn more about Kefir and where you can get it, log on to LifeWayKefir.com and you can find where to purchase it near you. Um, Okay, what about Bruins Lightning? Give me your lock. Oh, my lock on Bruins Lightning? They're playing right now. I should actually check the score. I look at my lock on uh, on the Lightning. There's seven minutes left in the second period. It's tied 1-1. I've been watching this series like a fair bit because it's, it's for the Eastern Conference, it's been pretty fun. The goalie thing is definitely starting to wear on the Bruins here. That's my biggest takeaway is that like Vasilevsky has been so, so good and Halak isn't bad, but he just needs more help and he isn't getting it. And so then like shots leak through and it makes him look bad. Do you think this is going to be Chara's last uh, series? Last dance? No, I don't think so. I don't think Chara will retire until he wins another cup. Okay. Interesting. That's my lock for this series. He's just on a one year. I don't think that they're going to get rid of him. Given the opportunity, would re-sign just an extremely team-friendly deal if he thought that they were going to... $1. A cup contender. I do want to hit you with this stat. Okay, hit me. Game four. Nick Ritchie, who you'll remember, 
when Marissa Jemmy was on the podcast last month, she was like, I'm really interested if Nick Ritchie is actually a good hockey player or not, because he got traded right at the deadline. And it turns out he is not. <laughs> He's not a good hockey player. You built that up? Last game, he spent 12 minutes in the penalty box. He spent 10 minutes and 18 seconds on the ice the entire game. That to me is king shit. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Really bad at hockey and really good at laying really bad hits on Yanni Gord. What does that even do to his plus minus? Is he somehow below a negative now if he spends more time in the box? <laughs> It's just an algebraic equation next to his name. Anyway, shout out Nick Ritchie, um, analytics god. <laughs> Let's talk about App Stars. Oh, shall we talk about App Stars? And this to me is a series that does not make any sense because it directly contradicts what, what I was saying earlier. The Stars should not be winning this. I've also talked about this on Twitter, but I do not want to see any like articles about the stars like any secrets about how they were actually good for the last season they dropped nine games in a row twice (laughs) this is not a good team this is they're not really pulling it together the abs are just looking gassed that's what playing what that's what playing a series against the arizona coyotes will do (laughs) they black widowed the abs those are my boys Uh, I don't think that's true, but... No, I don't think that's true either. Um, I think that the Stars have gotten very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Dobby's been playing really well. And Out I of his mind. This has been a really good example of a team stepping up for their backup goaltender and saying, uh, we don't have another guy if this guy gets injured. And they've actually gotten a lot better. You know, you know how we talked about the uh, Islanders having a system, and you can sort of see the beginnings of that as well with the stars in the last games when they scored a whole bunch almost all of them were from a screen right in front of the goalie i can see them getting a little bit more comfortable with that process it's also helped i think that bonus has started playing both rupe and miro a little bit higher who can forget young young dennis young dennis i feel like no one knew who he was before no i did i've been talking about dennis for months but now we're all on the dennis system and i'm enjoying it and i what i'm not enjoying though is nathan mckinnon's like he looks genuinely sad that they're doing so bad very upset about nathan mckinnon he is my favorite player to watch currently and he's good at hockey too boom Okay, listen you can't try to make that one happen nathan mckinnon is not a classically attractive man I get chills every time they say, and here comes Nathan McKinnon. I would love to see him win a cup with this team. The abs are so talented and they're so fast. It's hard not to, but it, like it's one of those series where it's really hard not to like the stars because like it's this total underdog scenario for them. I feel like I'm trying to manifest this in my head, but to me, they have a vibe not unlike the St. Louis Blues. I think a lot of things are coming together for them right Mm -hmm. now in a way that it came together, like the goaltending. I would not be surprised if they started Kudobin for the entire thing. Oh, no, absolutely not. So good. Ben Bishop has got to grow that dick back. It's going to (laughs) take a little bit. (laughs) We have the technology. If they stay healthy, and that's actually something they've benefited a lot from, is they have not had a lot of injuries. Right, and the abs have had a ton. Eric Johnson's been out, Jonas Donskoy, um, obviously Philip Grubauer, Matt Calvert have all been out for like the last two or three games. 
So that's been a huge loss for them. And it's, I think, contributed very much to these insane like shifts of energy that we've seen in this series, which has made it really fun to watch. Oh, yeah, that's Western Conference hockey. Yesterday, cool. yesterday the Avs played maybe the worst period of hockey any team in the NHL has ever played, and Dallas scored three times in the first 10 minutes of the game. And how can you not just enjoy how stupid that is? They had no shots for about 15 minutes. Right. Like they went a full 15, 16 minutes of the first period without registering a shot on goal. Great stuff. What's been fun for me is that I have actually started watching hockey now and I've been noticing things. And I think it's really fun to see how they can work the other team like whenever they're changing. And Dallas is really great at keeping possession of the puck, even when they know they're not going to score, just to fucking tire them out. I see it happening and I'm like, is that intentional? Wow, 4D chess. What about the Canucks Knights? A series that is stressing me out to no end because I can't watch it because it's on too late. The problem with that is is I also can't stay up. So it's like watching a series of, of aliens playing because I'm like, I don't know who any of these guys are because they play too late. Then I'll wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and be like scrolling through highlights. Yes. Trying to piece together what happened, which is so annoying because like this has also been a really fun series with a lot of energy, a lot of momentum. The nights are up three to one. What's your lock? I don't want to have a lock on this one because... <laughs> I don't want to be wrong and I don't want to be right. I feel like if I say Canucks in seven, oh, the Canucks are going to somehow come back from this, then that's definitely not going to happen. And I feel like if I'm more realistic and I say, oh, the Knights are going to close them out in like six games, then I'm going to be sad if I'm right. So I choose neither. I am choosing chaos option because I think every other team is going to, you know, the the right team is going to end up winning the series. But I think this one, like what if Tyler Mott just went insane? As the girls from the broadcast have called it, Mott Girl Summer. It's so good. Do you want to take some calls? I would love to take some calls. Hi, bunnies. I wanted to know if you had seen Elaine Vigneault's comments regarding his general lack of interest in learning literally anything about the world around him this week. Do you think he has a responsibility as a public person to step up in conversations like the one the league is trying to have around racial justice right now? And do you take him at face value when he says he's a good person who believes in racial equality? Thanks. I actually think this might be one that, like, you and I have different opinions on. All right. Well, pop off. Let's hear your wrong opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Are we on fucking, like, selling sunset right now? Anyway. No, I I think we'll probably agree. What I think is that not every public figure has an obligation to speak up about everything. But I think if they choose to speak up, they can't fucking say, I just don't care. Not even that he said, I don't care, which would have been, like, malevolent, kind of. (laughs) Instead, he was like, I don't know anything that's going on because I haven't been paying attention. The thing to me about this is that why would you say that ever in the first place? Because you just sound stupid. Ignorance is bliss, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have to say that part out loud because that's embarrassing. What's so fucked up about it is that it is relatable. And that is why he said it. He said it to all of those fuckers in Canada with their like four car garage because they don't give a shit either. You know, and so that's who he's talking to. This is the real fans of the NHL. I think it would have been braver if he had said, I actually don't give a shit. Well, of course it would have been. But instead he was like, oh, I actually just been watching game tape in my hotel. Because that's just kind of like a blatant, that's a lie. There's no way that you are not 
being influenced by what's happening in the outside world. Even if you're walking through your hotel lobby one morning and like there's some CBC broadcast on. It's such a cop out and it also makes him look stupid. I mean, it, it's embarrassing. It's like an embarrassing look for him mm-hmm. overall. I don't necessarily think that he has a responsibility to speak out and like be a voice of change in the NHL, mm-hmm. but he has a responsibility to be informed about these things because he is a coach. He's a leader in his locker room. And moreover, he has the responsibility to not insert his foot all the way back into his throat, tickling his own uvula during a press conference. Like, that's ridiculous. Who's coaching these guys? Because obviously they need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this a little bit this weekend, one-on-one, just how little, there's just no infrastructure for these kind of issues on the team. Like, nobody thinks about how do we prep our coach out for, like, a political question because they just don't see that. And that's my real question to most teams. Is do you not have someone on your staff who is paying close attention to this kind of stuff? Who is monitoring current events? Who is up to date on like what's happening in the quote outside world? Because it's not just an embarrassing look for Vigneault. It's an embarrassing look for your organization as right. a whole. That you didn't think to go, hey, coach, can I pull you aside for a couple minutes to just let you know what's going on? Like, let's come up with a plan. You, you're you literally around each other 24-7 right now, and you couldn't manage to do that. It's such a fuck you to the fan base, too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we all we know you guys are all amoral pigs who just want to see the hockey. So this is how we're going to answer our questions at the PR thing. That's the thing, is I think what he said was workshops. Oh, really? I no. think that... I think they had a game plan and they're, I mean, you can cut this if you want, but like, I think that they probably were like, yeah, let's try to get focused back onto hockey. Like I can so see that happening. I can see that happening. I can see them be like, they ask you anything about social justice stuff. Just try and refocus on the game. I don't think they said, say that you have no idea what's going on. Right, right. I just imagine there is a prep session. They're like, just try to get it back to the game. And he took it like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take it back to what I actually did, which is ignore it. (laughs) There's no good answer here for what the Flyers probably did or didn't do in this situation. It's an embarrassing look for them. We would have handled it perfectly, FYI. Yeah, obviously. And um, do we take him at face value when he says he's a good person who believes in racial equality? No. No. Never take anybody at face value when they say that to you. I don't take anyone at face value for anything. I don't trust anyone. I do talk about this to my therapist sometimes. When it comes to issues like this, it's actions over words 100% of the time. And if somebody is not showing you who they are through through their actions, they can say, oh, I'm not a racist. I actually have black friends. I coach black players, so I can't be a racist. And I will never take somebody at face value when they just pop off and say, oh, like, I believe in racial equality. Show me the receipts. I do take it at face value when someone basically says they are racist on Twitter. Mm. And I'd like to read you a little text about that. Please do. All right. Care to speculate on what Logan Couture omitted from his dumbass tweets? Like, come on. Did he drop a slur or something? So Logan Couture. (laughs) This is so good. Last weekend tweeted something about how he was in Toronto and he had been talking about the Republican Party, like, running for re-election in 2020. (laughs) And he said that he had mentioned Donald Trump and that somebody had sucker-punched him in the face. Which, first of all, hilarious to picture (laughs) any of this happening, regardless of whether or not it is true, half-true, or false. The fact that, like, any of this happened as he said (laughs) it in a 240-character tweet, debatable. 
What was funnier, I don't really care if it's true or not. Mm -hmm. The funniest part was that he immediately backpedaled and followed up with a bunch of information about like how his dad was a cop. And how he doesn't vote. He doesn't vote. Like (laughs) he's not an American citizen, so this doesn't this doesn't matter anyway, buddy. Like, who cares? But he was like, I don't vote and my dad's a cop. And his dad isn't even a cop anymore, right? His dad's a firefighter. Right, right. And then he said, I never said that I support Trump. But then in some other reply to another person, he was like, I would vote for him if I could. So there was just a lot of inconsistent messaging happening here. Absolutely brain dead. Yeah, no strategy. I really enjoyed watching that happen. I was like, yes, this is just watching like a gazelle go down. I just don't know. I don't know what he meant to gain from sharing that story. And I posted about this when it happened. But people tell those kinds of personal stories that definitely 100% truthfully happened to them on social media to get some sort of response, right? You want support. You want validation. If he had said... I support Donald Trump. I'm voting for him this coming November. He would have had every MAGA shithead account on Twitter being like, see, like liberals, they're violent. It's dangerous to be a conservative. I think what you're missing is that he put any thought whatsoever into the posts that he makes on Twitter. Yeah. This was just an automatic thing. I like, I'm from Texas. About half the people I went to high school with really into Trump. They post this shit just because they want to feel part of something. You know, they want to feel right. part of the co- like, conversation. That's a clutch now, are ya, Logan? But what can we expect from the sharks? We can't expect anything else. Nothing from the sharks. Well, it's almost nine o'clock, which means it's almost time for it to be almost time for the stars game. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I get really excited to go to bed these days. I'm sure that's fine. Before you go to bed, if you would like to send us a text or a call for our next episode, probably later this week, you can do that at 774-318-6952. You can find us on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod. You can also find us on Instagram at PuckBunniesPod. And please, 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 please rate and review our show on the platform of your choice. This is so important for us. It makes us so happy to see you guys hating or loving the show. Preferably Preferably loving. And support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash puckbunnies. I'm Christina. I'm Audrey. And this has been Puck Bunnies. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Let's go abs. (laughs) Oh, shut the fuck up.